Moan just found the very first fleck of gray on, on his mustache. mustache. Look at that. This is exactly what this is history. Uh, it this is, is history. <laughs> There'll be no play, no, Mr. Me. Gray. Yeah, man. My wife messes with me all the time about my grades, too. So it's a thing of her. She always want to go into it. Uh, but I'm just like, hey, you're 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 teetering the line here when it comes down to my grades. It's not that great. She's like, no, this is more great than you think. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, okay. you just this is history though. I feel privileged to have participated in this. Is, this is breaking news for us, man. Hey, we get older in life, man. We get older in life, DK. Don't say you never learn anything on this program. <laughs> I know. Mike O'Malley has a lesson for us down there. I know, and I'm seeing also your favorite barber's talking about two minutes isn't that bad. I think they see they wait to see how long we're gonna wait to come on. I think that's become a thing, DK. Like not three. Okay, or for Eastern, it's 402, like NFL kickoffs. Therese has had enough of our crap. She wants the bell. Right, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. That was. That, do that again. What is that? <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, two. That was good. That oh, was here. Like this is your, your future bell. How about, that's way better than ah. mine, right? For anyone who's new to the program, this bell was sent to me by mistake by Casey Kester, a regular viewer and listener of this program. And then when I thought it was for me, and I said it was for me, Casey came in like, no, man, it's for Moan. We're going to give it to Moan in person when the Titans come up here to play the Steelers. No doubt. Look at this, though, what we just, just discovered. They mm -hmm. take bets on how late we're going to be. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they are. I feel like that's true for my guy James B, man. Oh, uh, wow. That's terrible. Y'all right. That was a weak bell. I got to figure out what's going on with my bell. My bell ain't dinging. Did somebody break my bell? It does have a little slant to it, DK. That was better. We have, uh, we have a lot of different things that we could touch on today, but what we're going to do instead is – a lot of times, Moan and I will just keep talking when the show is done. We do. And then we get about five or six minutes into it, and one of us will say, but that should have been the that was what we should have, we should have, that should have been the show. Yeah. And so let me explain before we give the topic, DK, because this is a really good one. We were talking about, of course, uh, the 2017-18 team, I think, DK, for the most mm -hmm. part. And because of the Le'Veon conversation, and I got an answer for that, too. You guys have to wait till Hey Moan to get the answer for that, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, but um, we were talking about that, and what happened was I saw a passionate DK in my conversation with him about those 2017 teams, uh, 2017 and 18 specifically. And you, DK, was very uh, – you was lit on fire a little bit, man. Yeah, I, don't, I think sometimes there's people who think that I like I'll I'll get fired up or whatever because it's like you know, the camera's on or whatever. I couldn't care less, man. This is just ask Moan. This is just me. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, there's not anything new to this. And the subject that came up was why do people still? Mm -hmm. It's been several years now. Uh, talk about those teams the way they do. One could argue, in, including the individual players, yeah. that there's still more 
conversation about those teams than there are about the current team. And I ask this too, is it the superstars? Is it the media understanding? Is it, you know, the personalities that we had on that team too, DK? And what was my answer? He said, I wrote it down. I'm going to go ahead and find it. He said he was going to write it down. I wrote it down with DK at the end. Yeah. You guys were way too blanking good. And I said, wow. I knew problem. You said you were too bleeping good is what what the conversation was. And I and I never heard this from somebody on DK side. I never heard this from anybody outside of our room. But to say why the conversation continues to circle that 2017, 2018 team, you said is because y'all were too freaking good. Yeah, a lot of times people will will get the cart before the horse when it comes to this sort of thing. What made you guys entertaining yeah. wasn't the stuff between the games. It wasn't AB. It wasn't Lev. What made you guys star attractions was that you put up 35 points a game. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That's what it, it, it that's there's a causation and a correlation when it comes to this stuff. If you're a last place team, yeah, making all kinds of noise and whatever else here, you might as well be the Atlanta Falcons. No one cares that you <laughs> even exist. Cares. Nope. Okay. At all. This is different. This was different. What made A B have all the lights and all the everything come to us because he was A B on the field. Good. Yeah, he was. The show was there. He was going to be that great of a player every single week, more times than not, right? That's what you're saying, right? That's it. And 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 as soon as that was going to stop, it wasn't going to have the same impact. Okay? It wasn't. So what you guys were what you guys were able to do to your credit, when I say you guys, I know I know football players really hate when you split offense and defense. But look, it's yeah. been a few years now. The offense that you guys had was legitimately great. It was NFL yeah. level great it was in that context it was and to be on the cusp of it numerous times i think is where the hate for it well i guess the disappointment in it all becomes a thing right Mm -hmm. that's where it really starts to take over a little bit more when it comes down to you should have you should have you should have and that that right there was just honestly it was eye-opening for me to just be a part of the team in a sense right uh be in a situation to where it was just like it was too little, too late for such a really good team. And it just sticks. That's why those guys still make headlines. I'm going to say this because you can't, and actually you wouldn't, to be honest. Okay? But you guys weren't out there trying to tackle Leonard Fournette. Yes. You guys weren't out there trying – you guys weren't out there scheming why you wouldn't double-team Rob Gronkowski. Okay? Yeah. There's a lot of this stuff. There's I mean, You guys – Look, we can say what we want about the fumble in Denver, but, you know, I mean, because that's part of the offense. He's, you know, Fitz is part of the offense. That's yeah. just how that goes. Everybody's a, a unit, but still, okay. Yep. Uh, and, and we spoke about this. Were. Go ahead. No, nah, we spoke about this too, and I think it was very unique. The defense of 17 was very close to complimenting that offense until Shea went down. We brought that's that up. amazing that comes up because we actually did discuss that very yeah. thing. What if Shea plays in Foxborough? That's a different what story. What if Shea plays in Foxborough? It could have been a different conversation. We don't know what Tom and his crew would have driven drawn up when it comes down to how we attack them and they attacked us. But I'd almost like to think that Shea being a part of it means you don't have one guy stuck on the field and Tom Brady picking on him, right? 
Like that's what happens. If nothing else, what what which what which Ryan Shazier at his peak, and believe me, he would have been at his peak yeah. in a game like that of that magnitude. Oh, yeah. does is is he makes sure that Tom Brady's never comfortable. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Not from a pass rush standpoint, not from the pass defending standpoint. Uh, there just wasn't going to be an automatic out for Brady the way there was throughout that game. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, man. And uh, it sucks, but of course, hopefully we're able to get Le'Veon on. He did say, uh, we'll wait to the Hey Moan segment, DK, to give oh, that yeah. answer. What okay. a tease. I am a tease, man. Yes, I am, man. Uh, so why not? It'll be good to hear. Honestly, the way um, he went about it, the way our conversation is now, uh, and in hindsight, and how to get his running style. I don't know if I've heard the answer to that actually myself, DK. I never asked him as a teammate. Well, hopefully we can pull that one off here. I, I know that I, I'm not able to do tomorrow's show, so we're going to see how things go. We'll let you guys know uh, through all the various means that we have. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's the other thing. <laughs> that's the other thing. <laughs> Jesse James caught that ball, man. Uh, but, yeah, DK, it was fascinating to actually hear you being on the side of being a true pro of a journalist kind of say you guys were too good. How many times have you seen a team be that good? The 94 Steelers? Uh, the mid 90s Steelers from the other side of the football. Yeah. Uh, including the Super Bowl loss to Dallas. Yeah. Um, they were exasperating, man, because all they kept doing was losing to underdogs at three rivers. And it was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And they could, they, that defense. Go ahead. You know, that defense is funny. We can talk, and rightly so, about the late 2000s defense that's on the cover of ESPN and Magazine, that oh, famous yeah. thing, James Harrison. But that defense from the mid-90s, for those of you who go way back, they didn't let you breathe. No, no. Okay? This was a different world. Yeah. Okay? This was back when, you know, football was just just bloodthirsty. And, and if if your defense was that dominant, you went – nowhere yeah you didn't even have a good drive no. in that game against pittsburgh so that was exasperating to the early bill coward teams that were that just weren't making it and not in follow the Steelers much in the 90 sec i was a youth in tennessee with no pro team here anyway okay so to say i knew all the history behind those teams i do know this they were a team that were relevant and also played for a super bowl against the cowboys that was my extent but to hear you say that that team was just as good as the teams of the 2000s, DK, kind of just, honestly, I'll say this, it, it really gives a, a tip of the cat to, tip of the hat to the Rooney's management for sticking with coaches because Cowher been in that situation, I'm sure. And it was, heck, what, 10 years later before he actually got one, DK? It was 10 years. 10 it years was, later. I mean, by the time the Jerome Bettis Super Bowl in Detroit, it took another 10 years to get back there, and they had better defenses. That, that defense, I'm starting to get some backing here from people, which I kind of <laughs> like here because, like, LeVon Kirkland, we've, they were just murdering people. They were. They were, man, from, from all things that I've heard about them. And that's why that group also has a respect factor of walking inside of that building. So we've seen them come around, DK, and they get that same love and appreciation. And they should. And yes. you guys should, too, when you come back because one of the things that we could – Man, this is this one's fun for analytics purposes. <laughs> but what was the greatest offense in Steelers history? Was it the 1617 teams? 
did the Steelers ever score that many points? Did the Steelers ever regularly put up that many touchdowns? Did the Steelers ever regularly send that many players to Pro Bowls, to All-Pro status? Do you see what I'm saying here? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, now, era comparisons are tricky. You can't just say, all right, well, you guys were better than the, the offense from the 70s when the 70s had, you know, Bradshaw, yeah. Franco, and, and Lynn Swan, and John Stallworth, and Mike Webster. Five guys end up in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, that's... You can't just do a points, <laughs> points comparison. Okay? I literally just named five you did. Hall of Famers off of those 70s offenses, right? That's crazy. Uh, but it's it's funny on how it all transpired too, DK. Like we were 27.3 points a game. Like this was the start of it in 2014. And we started off the season 0 and 4. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And and 14. And then of course 26.4 and 15, 24.9 and 16, 25.4 and 17, and then 26.8 and 18. And then 19, we dropped all the way down to 18.1. That right there, DK, is different. There's a lot of points that were put up. There were a lot of yards that were put up. Now, again, era comparisons. Eddie, my my man, I love you, but you can't oversimplify this, okay? Okay. We're talking about one side of the football here. That's all. Just offense. Yeah, offense. You know, offense versus offense. That's it. So, you know, you can get into different eras or whatever. I see 2002, Ward, Burris. Yeah, but who was the quarterback? Fourth. Uh, you see what I'm saying here? Yeah. Uh, You're talking it, about players, I'm, stats, the offense, wins, period. offense. The offense. All of you. Why would you leave out the offensive lineman, you of all people? <laughs> well, you know how that goes. But this is this is the unique thing about it, though, too, DK. We're speaking about the impact and importance of it, too. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the offense specifically in this era because why? The defense hadn't grown up yet. Mm-hmm. Those wins and losses, like I do remember coming in in 2009, 10, and, and, and like 11, those teams right there, well, the defense won us games. It wasn't a defensive-led uh, uh, team when we're t- the era we're talking about from 13 to 17, right? But it didn't win you, it didn't win you a Super Bowl in 2011. Okay. Yep. Right? There was no answer defensively was- for Aaron Rodgers. There was none. And see, that's what's oh, so I'm frustrating. Sorry. I, I, mean, I, I know, I know it there, wasn't. But, I mean, there no, just was. But but that's that's what I was gonna say though, too. That's what's so refreshing about expectation that every year is a Super Bowl year. Like, that's the goal. But like, think about this. That defense was just as solid as any offense, I mean, defense you could have had. But mm-hmm. on that particular day and that stadium for that game, it wasn't enough because Aaron Rodgers was just that good. Now, this is the more frustrating part about that. As good as he was, was it just for one game? Was it mostly his defense? Because he hasn't sniffed another one since 2011. Now he just put up a bunch of points. He couldn't be stopped. Him and who's the the, the Jordy the, Nelson? Jordy Nelson. God, I mean, there was no answer for him. There was, was no, no answer, answer for him. There was no answer. Not at any point in the game. And that was with Dick LeBeau as your coordinator. There was no answer for him. That's not a matter of not adjusting or not having some bright mind with the headphones on. That's, that's I mean, and wow, I've heard guys. Do this one all day. Man. I know, but I've heard guys <laughs> from that team, Troy, an all-pro Hall of Famer, Ryan Clark, a, a, a Pro Bowl-type player, say, we were in the right spots, jumped the right amount of air in the, uh, to, to tip a ball, and he was just that good of putting one extra centimeter beyond what we were capable of getting out of the air. There it is from Antoine. 
That's it. Even Troy Polamalu said that Aaron Rodgers was at his best. He was. He was. The passes that he was making were just unfair. And I'm not talking about just the deep balls. Everything. Everything to have yeah. just the right touch, just the right uh, it trajectory. Was. Uh, the, the, the Nelson and anybody was able to just get under the ball and make plays happen after the catch, too. Yeah, and, and I see, of course, Mendenhall com- name coming up, too. That ain't the whole story. It's Let's not. not do that. It ain't uh, – Mendenhall is actually, I think, is very traumatized by that also. Still. Uh, still, and, and rightfully so because that type of stuff is impactful, especially when you play in a city like Pittsburgh, right? Uh, mm-hmm. When you think you have the opportunity. But, heck, had we scored – had the way the game was going at that time, I don't even know if we would have been able to stop Aaron Rodgers again. I'd yes, love to D- think that we could. Tyler says defense gave a chance to win. Really? I mean, just because there was a final drive, just because there was a, ch- a chance to have another phenomenal burst down the field like there had been against the Cardinals, you're asking a lot of history there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? and, and, the, and and Mark, this is kind of what we're seeing, though, to Cunningham. He, mm-hmm. he said at least that 90s team, my bad, DK, we're hitting the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least that 90s group made it to a Super Bowl. Yes. Yep. That's true. And that's kind of what we're speaking of, like the importance of those teams. Because I actually, DK, man, we're going longer before the hey moment. But I had a guy I talked to kind of say like a Steeler, okay, say the Steelers have to change their methods and how they bring back teams. And just the understanding of what teams are too. The anniversary of the, which one? Is it 30 years? For the 05 team, mm-hmm. it's soon. But, DK, let's talk about those 90s teams, okay? Let's talk about the, the the early 2000s, our squads that we had. Like, when they bring you back for the reunion, like, we're all Steelers, right? And this oh, yeah. is no concession because you're supposed to celebrate championships. But, like, to have these amount of teams that weren't necessarily failures of a season but didn't win the Super Bowl, it may be okay to actually celebrate them too. That may be something that have to be brought to the front office. You feel me, DK? Because mm-hmm. you know plenty of guys that played on really good teams that just didn't get a ring. Why is the ring the only standard to bring back teams? No, I don't think I don't think it is. And I don't, the Steelers, to their credit, have never treated it like that. I know I they mean, haven't, yeah, but... I mean, you see some of the names that get some of the... You know who got one of the loudest cheers on that note? That? We are going to take a break of late. And this is really, really cool. It was Louis Lips. Oh, he does... Yes. Okay. Him. Louis Lips didn't win anything. Louis Lips didn't didn't make it. To, Louis Lips was part of the '80s Steelers, which were not, you know, anybody's anything. Right. Okay. Um, you you want another good one? Who's that? Rod Woodson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The roars that these men get. Yeah. When they're introduced to the crowd, mm-hmm. no one's going, "Yeah, but they didn't win at all" or anything. You don't even remember. You just remember that you loved Louis Lips and that yeah. he was producing the. You know, a guy like here's another one. I'm I'm starting to predate you here. Yeah, come on, let's do it. Yancey Thigpen was yeah. a, a guy at the time. Yancey Thigpen was the offense for a couple yeah. of seasons. No doubt about it. And and there's there's a lot of this sort of thing that I think if you think of the Steelers and I'm gonna I, I swear. We yeah, either, <laughs> but we we do have to get to the break. Yeah, but what makes the Steelers who they are mm-hmm. is, and I think always will be the consistency. Whether you're talking about the lineage of the head coach, whether you're talking about the lineage of the ownership, or the lineage of the general success over yeah. the course of the past half century plus. Yeah. 
This is deep one, DK. I, this is, this is this why is, we wanted to do this on instead of off. It is because it, <laughs> this will definitely breathe way more uh, conversation lanes. I oh. think you and I imagined yesterday, but the celebration of God, and this was a respect to Stiller that kind of brought this up. It doesn't have to always be the championship teams that are in the end zone. And this is not for me or anybody else, but it's so many guys that are afraid to kind of come back or don't think they're going to get the respect and love. No, hear ridiculous. me out. Ridiculous. I know. Hear me. Because if they're not donning that those rings or in the ring of honor, then they kind of feel like, ah, uh, what do you know? What do I think? What what am I? What what's my spot in this? Exactly, TK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fascinating, man. Uh, and they're all part of the history of what you the Steelers were a Steeler. Have been. You wore it with pride. You wear it with pride to this day. Period. Welcome Period. back. There you are standing in the end zone in the same line as Mean Joe Green. Yes, Take indeed. your applause when it comes. And see, uh, I know Yancey Thigpen. I know Cordell. I couldn't tell you much about Hastings, Mills, or Johnson. That's probably on me. Andre Hastings, gotta... Ernie Mills. Uh, these are really, really, really good players here. Cordell, that could be another show unto itself. <laughs> Everything you see what happened I'm... to But Cordell they should here. be celebrated, DK. You know what I'm saying in a yep. sense? Agreed. Not... I know they're not Joe, but Slash Green. is getting his now too. Okay? okay, meaning in a good way. So uh, let's. Yeah, we gotta. I know. I know. <laughs> take a break. We're, this we're so irresponsible here. Uh, when we are. come back, the only segment that matters. The Hey Mom segment. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, we are back with the Ramon Foster show and the only segment that matters, that would be the Hey Moan segment. In order to participate in this like you'd mean it, you, you want to be a member. And the way yeah. to become a member here is to go to right here, dkps.net slash join. That's it. Go there. It's 99 cents for the, for the month. It's it's not even like, like one ice cube in this coffee costs 99 yeah. cents. Right? I'm a member, DK. I'm a member. Recurring member. I am as well. Uh, because I don't want my I don't want I don't want my uncle sitting at my table. Yeah, exactly, man. Just that's exactly what we're not looking for, DK. Jay Colorado comes in with a different kind of contribution of 49. Hey, thank you. That's appreciated, my man. Uh, we're gonna head right into <clears throat> some stuff that we have starred here. Kevin Harris, who's a member, says, Hey, Moan and DK, what's your opinion on the running back situation? I'm pretty sure Kevin's referring to the controversy about how yeah. I personally can't believe the undervalue they're receiving. It's sickening, in my opinion, says Kevin. There's a lot to unpack with this one, man. I, it just is because I've seen, of course, people use certain cliches, the method in what you do. You draft a running back. You play the running back. He gets good. You franchise tag the running back. And guess what you do after that, DK? You draft another one. Yeah, and the first guy doesn't get the second deal. He don't. And this is what sucks about it. Like, everybody know what the issue is, and everybody understand there should be respect of the game, right, DK? Mm -hmm. But guess what else I always have to remind people of? The NFL and even college, mostly the NFL, though, is a business that powers the game. 
or it's a game that powers the business. And in business, they learn out certain things and they've actually learned out because of what? Because uh, uh, Pollard is a reason why Zeke Elliott isn't playing. They paid Zeke and guess what happened to Tony Pollard? Tony Pollard started to outshine Zeke Elliott, okay? You also have situation in which you, you place guys on different teams. Other than the big three as it stands right now, and this is just my opinions, until Najee grows some more, so no offense to him, but until you get more Nick Chubbs, Derrick Henry, and probably Christian McCaffrey's, maybe Alvin Kamara, then there's no real room to make an argument unless they do what the tight ends are doing. I'm going to... I'm going to be that guy here, Moan. Okay. And I'm going to duck because I'm dealing with a former NFL union no, go player. Ahead. Yeah. But when Hanover Fist comes in and says owner collusion. Yeah. Guess what? What? Every few years, the National Football League Players Association negotiates a labor agreement yeah, with the NFL. Yeah. Okay. And who buckles every time? The players. The players. Every single time. Okay, it's Lucy pulling the football away from Charlie Brown because the NFL pulls the same trick every time. Mm -hmm. What they do is they do just enough in the contract to make sure that they get the votes of the special teams guys, the ones Mm -hmm. who really, really need the money. They get just enough votes to override the star players and the system stays exactly the same as it was until the players start responding to the owners by saying, listen, there are a couple significant positional differences here. One is the quarterbacks are getting too much, okay, which yep. nobody wants to bring up. Mm-hmm. It's an untouchable topic. And two, the running backs are getting hosed. They're getting hosed. No one's going to do this out of the goodness of their heart. That doesn't nope. happen in labor anywhere. There's a contract, and you signed it. Moan, yep. you signed it. You I voted did. for it. And you know why, DK? Mm-hmm. Because of exactly what you're saying. So the origination of this, this, this conversation came from uh, Matt Miller. He's on Twitter, and he said what I just said. Draft a running back, play the running back. If he's good, franchise tag him one time and then draft another one. But this is also the situation. It created a storm, a firestorm, DK, of running backs. I'm talking about high premier running backs, Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey. Every single one of them said something. You know what? Also, DK, I love that. But guess what? They don't do this or come to the union meetings to actually stand up and actually talk for guys like myself and others that have that power. The quarterback club was started in the early 90s, and they formulated a group that said, you guys are more different than everybody else. They did. So because of that, we're going to be different, and we're going to eventually come into what what they've kind of manifested themselves into be. They're the most important piece. The running backs had that stronghold for a long time, 90s, early 2000s. Heck, mm-hmm. we can even go as soon as much as like the 2010s at a point, right? DK? Yep. But what happens? Our superstars do not show up for the important matters, DK, and we tell them not- about this. Mm-mm. And we're cooked at that point in time because guess why? Special teamer, the P5 on a punt team, guess what he wants to do? Play and get paid. And get paid long term, and he's going to fight for some sort of uh, health insurance and benefits and anything. And, and the owners are happy to give that because that's little stuff. You also know what doesn't help either. And I just saw this mm. from the last since 2017, the last Super Bowl winning running backs, LeGarrette Blunt to 1.25, Sony Michelle, 1.75, Damian Williams, 1.7, uh, Ronald Jones, 1.9, uh, Sony Michelle, 1.9, Isaiah Pacheco, $720,000. 
Class Edwards Hilaire is a reason why, or Isaiah Pacheco is a reason why running backs are devalued. Yeah, like, see, but again, we're talking about this as if there's some they doing this. Kevin Harris says it's just wrong. Okay, Kevin, that needed to be brought up in did. the labor talks, it and did. the union needed to galvanize around that. So you, whether it's the running backs or the safeties, because the safeties were the hot topic in this category last year, they're getting hosed. They're getting hosed because of their position. They're getting hosed because of their career lifespan, which I don't see anybody mentioning here. That's the real issue here. Yeah. You're getting you're getting three, four years of somebody. You literally run the wheels off them, and then poof, see you later. Here comes the next Jalen Warren. We didn't even have to draft him. And it ain't, and this is the other uh, trick behind the curtain, too. It ain't just the franchise tag, DK, because if a team chooses not to sign a player and he goes into the market, what makes a team still want to commit long term? Heck, Dalvin Cook is still available right still now. Still sitting there. This dude is like in, in impact the early player, instant addition instant. to your team, impact player. He's still available and he got cut, DK. It wasn't like yeah. his contract ran no. out. No. They told got, him we don't need you anymore. And also, Joe Mixon just took a pay cut to stay with the doggone Bengals. Right, claiming with a violin in his hand that he was doing it to help the team with the cap and whatever else. Yeah, that's just all he was offered. Unless there's something extreme that happens from player to player at the running back position, or guys do what I've been asking them to do for years with the union and really hold out, it ain't going to change because, again, Behind the curtain of the show that's on the field in each stadium, what runs it, DK? A business. Yeah, and again, everyone who's just pouting over this or saying, ah, this is so wrong, this is so wrong, again, this isn't the time to do it. Okay, you go and you ask Demaris Smith, where was he? Exactly. All of this, but... Okay, I mean, that's what this is about. And you know I'm a defender of the union, and it has its flaws. But it's hard to get guys to come in for four days to a union meeting when all they want to just do is play ball until it actually affects them. That's why I was always so passionate about it, because I got to hear all of this. I got to vote on behalf of you, and you just say, just do what's cool for the team. Well, if the 53rd player on the roster, DK, don't want to hold out, or I got 15 guys on the roster don't want to hold out and can't afford to hold out, and you won't back them up as a player and teammate, and flex your muscle as a superstar, then what are we doing? That's it. Oh, man, Moan, we need football so bad. We need it bad. Here's man. why. Tyler Longhurst <laughs> illustrates it. Hey, Moan, I saw running back rankings that had Najee clear down as a tier four running back. To me, that's disrespectful. I know. Tyler, we're going to have real football here, my man. Put aside yeah. all the fake, phony, page-clicking, baiting rankings that are out there. They don't mean a thing. I'd like to think that the ones Moan brought up with where uh, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, yeah. when he was actually interviewing executives and scouts, what they think matters. This, I saw RB rankings. Come on, man. Uh, let me say this, though, DK, because we talked about this when we talked about the running back rankings and how Najee was left off. Hey, Tyler, and I'm, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying our collective fan base, even some of you guys are wanting Jalen Warren over Najee. Are they not DK? It, it happens. It, I don't. I don't. I'd like to think that after the last nine games, when they saw the difference, especially over the last few, I mean, Najee yeah. was just unbelievable. He was, yeah. But that's also what's happening to the running back position. The guy behind him want the ball just as much as he does. 
There's no other replacement like that in any other position. I had my brother, Ron, Raging Ron, said this. He said, there's only one position. Yeah, that's what I'm calling it now, Raging Ron. And DK is by far probably the biggest point I've ever heard him made. I say that. He said numerous great things. There's only one position, DK, hear me out, that doesn't really directly contribute to the quarterback position, and that's running back. The offensive line contributes. The wide receiver contributes to the quarterback. The tight end contributes. On the other side of the ball, the DN gets after the quarterback. The D tackle does. The corners do. So do the linebackers if they get a chance to hit them. No other position affects the quarterback position. Well, every other position affects the quarterback position except for the running back position. No, I, I hear that. And, and here we go. See, this is what I mean. They always do cam dirty as well. Who cares? Is this just me? Am I the only one who looks at these things and just go, what does this matter? I haven't even really seen in any year. direction. Like yeah. if if the if they if they came out with a list that said that the there are 10 Steelers who are the 10 best players yeah. in the NFL right now, I'd be like, so what? Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah, are yeah. who are you? You know, yeah. meaning who who's this person doing the ranking? Let's just see. All right, I got one off the the, the list ahead. right here. You're right. Go All ahead. right. So my guy Gimble. I don't know if we've seen Gimble on here, man. Welcome to the party. No, that's new. <laughs> But he says, hey, Mo, not sure if you guys answered this in the past, but curious on the best way to get autographs from players at Latrobe. Catch them leaving the field, either guys going up the concrete or guys leaving out towards the golf carts. Those are the two best ways. I would tell you also be respectful. If you see kids in front of you, I promise you, you say to a player, hey, hey, TJ, after you sign these kids, can you sign mine? That's going to get his attention because he cares about the kids a lot more than he does about the adults and anyway. And should. But if you present it like that, no, I'm not asking you to kiss nobody's butt, but that's going to get their attention. Yeah, 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 I got you. That's what's going to be said. You know what's another good place? What, where? Uh, at behind the one end zone where you guys worked out, where, yeah. where the offensive line well, the does most of its work. And the hill is. The trees. Yes. The trees right at that hill. Uh, players will come over and just hang out under the trees over there. Mm-hmm. behind the one behind the one end zone if you're watching just to give you a perspective here yeah it's the hill yeah you're watching yeah. from the bleachers at chuck Knoll field it's to your left it's those trees and again you'll yeah. see that like uh, players will come over and just say hey this this is we understand this is where we're going to be you're not going to see too many veterans over there but you're going to see the younger yeah. guys and that's what i would tell you it's not going to yeah. be many vets and the other pro tip is this too catch them at walmart <laughs> in Latrobe, catch them at Walmart. I promise you, the first two days it's gonna Up be the hill. flooded. Yep. It's gonna be flooded with Steelers in Walmart. <laughs> we always did. That's really funny. It's yeah. so true, though. You know, if I'm you, not lying. Either. I know where the places are. Believe me. I see. I don't <laughs> obviously. I don't bother you for autographs. Here, Tyler Johnson says, "Hey, yeah. Moan, did Dick LeBeau actually recite the night before Christmas? And did you get to hear it, or was it just for the defense?" I heard it every year I was there. Every year. <laughs> every year. You leave out of that room, and we barely lost Christmas games, too. You leave out of that room just feeling good and wholesome and just like when when coaches or players do stuff that unique, as a teammate, you don't want to let them down. You want to feel like, man, we, we did this for a purpose, and you know what? He, y'all aren't messing up my weekend. That's just simply what it is. He told this story by heart from his mentals. He remembered this as a young boy, I think. And it just felt like, oh, we can't let LeBeau down. After he did what he did in his toe with such passion, he got a real good cadence when he, tell, when he says it the night before Christmas. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
Oh, and I found out he's actually going to be um, – he's releasing a book next year, too. I learned that on BMAX, um, on BMAX podcast. It's called uh, That Legendary Defense or Legendary Defense or something. He's writing it now. It should be awesome. I know it will be. Yeah, I can't even I- imagine the, the the wisdom of that man in general, oh, not just football. I not know. just not 70, just football. You ever known anybody be in the NFL for 70 plus years? I have never known anyone like Coach LeBeau, period. Okay. I, I think that's the best way to answer that from my own perspective. That's I, I've beautiful. I've never known anyone like that. It, 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 he's he's above football. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm not putting him into a bracket with. Well, is he smarter than this guy or that guy in football? Uh, uh-uh. he's 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 somebody else entirely here. Water in the desert wants to know. Hey, Moan, what's the ceiling on this offense? Twenty three points per game, over or under? That's a real fair question, man. Uh, I said I needed twenty four. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I need to go over. Give me 23 and a half. <laughs> I'm taking the points. Give give me give me the over on this one, DK. Yeah, 23, I think, is asking a lot because what 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 you're saying there is if your defense, I don't no defense is good enough for a pick six every game or a, or a turnover every game to score six points a game. But if they did, you know, put up some points defensively. Yeah, then you're looking at 30 points a game totals. So, so what, what is that DK? Uh, 20, 23 points a game is what? That's three touchdowns or two touchdowns, it's three and, touchdowns and a couple of three touchdowns and a field goal. That's you know? kind of, yeah. All right. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a couple more today. I got a good one right here. I Go thought it was pretty fair since we were talking about stuff too. Um, it was this one. I think it's for all players. And I'll answer this for all players. Uh, from Jim. He says, hey, Mo, what really is a running back's effective shelf life? Probably four years, maybe five. But truthfully, I say this too. For any player in his prime, that's what you're getting. It's probably four solid years. Think about the players that had really good, except for quarterbacks. They can go for a while. Anybody with the quarterback is probably about four solid years where you say, yeah, I was killing it. I know my four years and which it was, but the thing is, most other guys play in a position where you're not exposed or there's more leeway. If a running back can't break the line of scrimmage, DK, they pretty much know, yeah, it's shut them down. There's no other really position that's like that that really can't glide into a retirement. Greg comes in with a $5 contribution, which is appreciated, and then he's expressing some remorse here because he came here into our downtown shop Saturday, and I was I was here almost the whole day, Greg, but I just missed you, my man. He was in for the Pirates game, and I let him down. He says, that's okay because Dolly was the best. Were you nice to him? Yeah. <laughs> you got to ask, was she nice to him? There you go. She's nice to everybody. <laughs> Except me, actually. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have we actually have a, a guest here hey. in the shop here who has a, a question for you, Moan. It's uh, Joe Lawrence from Richmond, Virginia, who I'm meeting for the first time. Hey, here, let me give you a third time. Oh, third time. Sorry. <laughs> but third, hey. here, slide right on in here, Joe. And I'm going to give you the headphones. Hey. Hey, Joe. Hey, Moan. How you doing, man? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm great. I'm from a family of volunteers. My brother lives in Farragut. My uh, my nephew lives in Nashville. Uh, my question to you is, I'm here with a buddy who's a University mm-hmm. of Florida finance professor, and I want to know just how badly do the volunteers hate the Gators? 
you know what? We hate them a lot, and we're going to hate them even more if we go beat them in the swamp this year. You hear me? That is – nah, no dice, okay? Okay. Uh, it's a real hate. Beating them in our stadium last year was by far one of the best games ever, too. Okay. Yeah. All right, thanks a bunch. Thanks for letting me ask the question. No doubt about it. You tell them, go Vols. Okay, man, go Vols. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, let's go. You need a face on here, I guess. Yeah, no doubt. If DK just roams however he needs to, man, what is that, Furman? Or is that, ask him, is that Furman? That's an old, yeah, is that Furman? (laughs) (laughs) Way to go. That was good. You like that one right there? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I thought that was Furman right there. Appreciate it. You too. Thanks for coming in. All right, take care. Yeah, that's just how it goes. And then I would go back there. I'm helping somebody who just came in through the door. Look at you, man, making it happen. Not huh? only will you run the show, you will run a shop. <laughs> Tell Dolly, don't she get replaced, okay? No, that's uh, that's the MVP on every level here. So Wade wants to know if uh, – or Randy wants to know if if anybody here found any Moan merch. Not yet. We told you, 1,000 subscribers. You know what? They are consistently on Dolly's neck about this, though. Yeah, DK. But like it, I, we need the thousand subscribers. That's true. You know? too. And, and let me show everybody how you can do that. Because if you're watching this and you're not subscribed, you are one part of the missing challenge. Yeah. Uh, it is right here. DKPS.net slash join is where to come and to be part of this. Man, what a I, I don't always say this. That was a Good talk today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I just start something. I think you should just grant it, DK. That's awesome, man. Uh, but yeah, man, that's that's awesome. <laughs> I'll talk to you afterwards, DK. But yeah, uh, are there any games in which I just got manhandled? I saw that one. Uh, that was pretty good from Rick. I think hey, this why is do a they good always question. want to know that? Hey, Mo, because what was the, what was a game where you didn't play well? Everybody gets. Uh, sometimes you get the bear, and sometimes the bear gets you. It wasn't necessarily just fully getting God. I probably had moments in games. Uh, I'll tell you, the Nada one always sticks out. Uh, one of my first time going against Gino, trying to figure him out in the course of a game, mm-hmm. um, was also a situation in which I, I absolutely just was like, I got to figure myself out. And I did the next few times I played him, every time I played him from that point on. And uh, Malik Jackson. I think going against him, I always bring his name up because he was just super effective on me uh, because of moments that he do stuff with his long arms. I had moments, not like entire games. I, I know what you mean. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Really good stuff today. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody for participating in this, including right here in the shop. Yeah. Um, and for anybody, who, you know, we do this at four o'clock every day. Yeah. You know, this is, this, is this isn't some hard thing, you know. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, by the way, Le'Veon said yes. Oh, he said, I, I didn't it. know this. Yeah, Le'Veon <laughs> said yes. By the way, too, we're dialing in a day to have him come on. He was all for it. Uh, he loved the message that I sent to him. Uh, I might tell you guys, we're golly, it's about to storm crazy here. Uh, I might tell you guys verbatim what I said just to let you know, like the communication. I sent to him, hey, I saw the comments about Pittsburgh. I have a daily podcast that I do about Pittsburgh. Would you or could you come on? However you want to conduct it would be up to you. He loved it and said, yeah, that would be dope. There you go. There you go. We're going to get him. Uh, but tomorrow is a little bit too quick uh, for something like that. So yeah. we will not have a show tomorrow. Uh, we will be back because I have to go over to do baseball. Yeah, you had a delay so, yesterday too. 
Yeah, I I was off. Why are you? I pick a man. <laughs> you go. Paul Skeen signed also, by the way. That is correct. 9.2 million bonus, the largest in Major League Baseball's history in the draft. Uh, so much for taking the cheap route. Joe Dreyer comes in with a $5 super sticker. I really My appreciate man. that, Joe. Definitely. And um, and oh, we can't, we can't here. Mr. Supply Chain says, just say hi from Mexico City. Please say hi to hey! us listening to you on this side of the border. We have much love for Mexico here, right, Moan? Yes, we do, man. I've been there before, you guys. City is beautiful, and y'all love us, and we love you back, man. Let's go. My next trip to Mexico will be my third. It'll be my first covering a Steelers game, and it will happen in 2024. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. We may see you down there, Mr. Supply Chain. That's right. Mr. Supply Chain is going to come and see us, and he's going to explain how someone in Mexico got the name Mr. Supply Chain. I don't even want to know. <laughs> don't tell me, Mr. Supply Chain. <laughs> All right, guys. Thursday. We'll be back Thursday at 4 p.m. with a new episode of the Ramon Foster Show. All right? Peace. Now, here's the thing. What's up with the bell? Let's look at the ugly underbelly of that my, bell. My, it's it's kind of crooked at the top, and it's probably from me. Like, uh, see, that was better. The, yeah, it was better. But listen, listen, listen to the bell of your future. Let me see. Oh, my. Oh. That's like on John Wick right there. When they hit the bell, like, or, or Breaking Bad when he was hitting the bell to communicate, oh. man. Remember that? Yeah, Tuco. Not Tuco. Tuco. What was his name? No, Tuco no, was, the, was his nephew. Salamanca. Tuco Salamanca. was his nephew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got to do this. The Salamanca. <laughs> what a great show. <laughs> what a great show, man. Someday this will be your bell. You can tell Lev that we're going to name it for him. This we is gonna will. Be, this is going to be the Levy on Bell. See, Brian, I'm with you. I got heavy hands. <laughs> He's coming in with the heavy hands. I shot. needed the heavy hand. My thumb paid for those heavy hands. I'll tell you that much. Tyler approves of my Salamanca. Salamanca, what a show. Let's yeah, do it. I'm, I'm with B-Field. I think my bell has died, man. <laughs> Eddie says bye. We're going to take Eddie's word for Hector. it. Hector. 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 Yes. Hector Salamanca, though. Salamanca's his last yes, name. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Look All at right, us. Eddie. Pop culture. Bye. Hey, y'all be cool, man. Bye-bye to Eddie. Bye-bye. Ha, 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 ha.